to another episode of Echoes on Air. We are already cutting up. That is why we're trying really hard not to laugh. Okay. But uh, my name is Janelle. I'm the host. And we are here for episode four because I keep calling it something different. Okay. But for episode four, um, and I got a couple of homies in the studio and whatnot. Actually, let's go to the remote. I'm Justin Willis coming from Bogota, Colombia. And yeah, I'm about to be on vacation, you know? People ask me where I'm going, and my answer is to bed. That's fair. You, you've been working pretty hard. But seriously, you're only staying in Colombia? Like, you're only staying in Bogota? I'll, I'll be in Bogota for the most part, yeah. I'm yeah. really kind of disappointed in you right now. I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. I need you to leave Bogota. But that's cool. That's cool. We can talk about this off the air. Uh, how about you, homie? Mm, I am keen. I'm just here to look cute, to be honest with you. I don't really know why I'm She, I don't know why she do this. Why are you playing? I just talk, and I'm here, and I'm cute. There you go. So here's the thing. In about five minutes, we're going to say something. She's going to get triggered, and she's going to have a whole bunch of stuff to say. This whole looking cute thing is going to go off real quick. It's refreshingly filtered water. <laughs> what about you, yo? Hi, I'm Chris. Um, Chris Silverberg. I... Um, write and act and direct and produce and all kinds of stuff. But actually, I don't do any of those things. And I get paid to help other people do them. Uh, and then after work, I play video games. Uh, so that's my life. All right, well, that was, you know what? That sounds like an artist, is what that <laughs> sounds like. It sounds like you're a successful artist, then. If you are success questionable, OK, that's fine. Successful yeah. question mark. OK, I like it. I like a good question mark. Um, so today's topic. Um, and I really got to shout out my guys, because listen, I, you know what, before we really go on, let me just tell y'all, y'all are the real MVPs, because <laughs> like this is my crew right here. Let me tell you, you know, listeners, for a brief moment, I had a brief moment of just pure freak out where I was like, mayday, mayday, I'm going down. I realized I got to record something to get this out on time. Let me find some people. And I call these people literally on Wednesday night. And I was like, I don't even have a topic. Y'all want to be on the show and talk about some stuff? And they were like, <laughs> yeah, cool. And here sure. we are. I don't know how that happened. So thank y'all, MVPs. Appreciate y'all for holding me down. Um, but uh, so we're going to talk about money and the movement and how money plays a part in um, social activism. Um, so what do you guys think is, like, how would you describe the relationship between money and, like, our communities, I guess, right now? I mean, for me, for the first thing, you got to have money to do just about anything. Um, I know on the last episode, y'all were talking about pride and how, like, uh, how do we feel about all these corporate sponsors? But also, we do need money for permits and for floats and for, so, yeah, I think the first thing is you need it to do stuff. And like to like I don't know survive like right and live. to eat like, and, and drink live. delicious water yeah it's refreshing right and delicious delicious refreshing filtered water um, but like what do you think okay let's go let's go deeper then let's go ahead and hit our black community because all of us have been black all our lives I'm making an assumption but <laughs> all of us have been black all our lives I assume so I I, okay great good you just what found you out about? this is that is I a shocking secretly right. Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> So, so like, what? How do you think it plays into into our community specifically? I think it has a huge role. I mean, when you look at Black economics, 
Well, for anything, you want to step back. If you want to see how well communities are doing, you look at how money is being spent or how money is being earned, right? Um, just a quick resource that I'll be sharing in this conversation comes from Black Stats and whatnot. They're saying that the economic conditions of African-Americans are you often used as a dominant indicator of how well as a whole Black people are faring in the United States. So, yes, when you want to look at money in the community, yeah, that's where you got to go and to see how we're doing. People asking, how are you? And, you know, people look at numbers, you know? I mean, honestly, like you say that, though, like when people say, how are you? It, you when you're relatively comfortable, the answer is really different. Like if, if you're if if you don't know what you're going to eat tomorrow. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually a fair True. assessment True. when you say when you ask, how are you or how a community is doing? You look at that. that I mean, I guess that's a fair assessment, even when you're looking at just individuals, not, you know, communities as a whole. I do think that you have to look inward with, with regards to that, to, you know, economics and how our community is doing, um, because that's how the world is measured. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, that we didn't create that measurement. Other people did. Right. And then I think also you need to look at how we're doing compared to other groups and what roadblocks we might experience that they don't. Yeah. And how that affects us in that way. And again, that goes back to how are you doing? So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> it could look, you know, that we've we've attempted. We've attempted to have whole communities like other groups have. And every time we try to set some up, they blow us up. So. So, yeah, can we can we right. just let's go ahead and Thanks. let's go ahead and go down that road. Because, like, listen, I be having like lists and stuff. I be prepared, but I know that ain't going to be really what we talk about. So let's go ahead and go down that road since we open the door. Don't listen. But listen, if you guys could see the way that she is looking at me out the side of her eye right now, because she is ready. She's talking about being cute. It is about, she is about to go I off. I am like, cute. You, I mean, but you are, but also in addition to. You okay. see what I'm saying? I mean. Right. And, and the reason I say let's go down that road is because I think sometimes, not sometimes, many times, people will make these blanket remarks. Well, if, and listen, I'm sorry, I just got agitated. I don't even remember who the dude Trigger. was. I, I was, I, but I was internally triggered. Like it was an internal moment um, because I don't know who it was I was looking at on the YouTubes, but his statement was something about the black guy was saying, you know, well, black people don't do this. And well, if black people did this, that, and the other, if black people put their money into their communities, if black people did these things. And I, and I, I, I gotta ask some questions. Listen, I might need to show you that video mm. when you yes, because I don't I don't want to get you angry today, mm. not today. But I I want to go ahead and go down that road for that reason because people make that statement as if it's never happened before, and I I just want to make sure that we address the fact that it has happened before. So let's talk about it. When you say you know when we do these things, they blow us up. Go ahead and tell people what you mean. So, you know, for example, Tulsa. We had a literal black Wall Street in Tulsa in the early 1900s. Um, and we were doing well in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm not gonna say it was the government. But. However, comma, it was people who had the wink, wink, 
from the government to come in and essentially literally blow stuff up. And they burned down an entire community and left it in ashes. And there are very few, scant few survivors left at that time period because it's been nearly 100 years mm -hmm. now, but that wasn't the first. Mm -hmm. And it certainly wasn't the last. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, the question, you know, how does our community look? What are we doing? And then you couple that with, as you put it, blanket statements from folks who are like, we don't invest in ourselves enough. We don't put it back in. Well, when we do, there is always some external force to knock us down. And the other groups don't seem to have the same roadblocks that we have. They can be very isolated and insular and grow and spread and take over and buy our stuff and take over and sell our stuff like it's us, but it ain't, it's them. Um, and we don't see that that is a problem. And that's something that was set off, that was written in the law. Like they could do it because they weren't us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, not essentially. That's that's what yeah, it was. They could do it, it because they weren't us. So when I, you hear comments like that, it's kind of like, and then you get the other side of it. Well, every time I buy black, some, 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 some happens. And, and listen, we were going to get to that, too, because I think that's that's important. Because that gonna runs talk me about, hot. I know. We're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about it. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. Um, because I do want to get I do want to get to that. Um, so, but when we're talking about in terms of if we go back and and kind of look at it from a more broad standpoint, um, when we're talking about the movement, and and by movement I mean any social justice movement, not just ours or whatever we happen to affiliate ourselves with, but any movement. What do you think? So, okay, wait. Can you, let's go ahead and can somebody walk me through the Papa John's thing? Okay, so. Excuse me, I started smacking on my pie, I apologize. John Shatner, who is, you know, typical supremacist, because um, it's insidious that way. This is not even his first comment in this calendar year. <laughs> oh, no. With regards to, you know, folks who look like you and me, let's just put it that way. But essentially on a conference call in which he was discussing, you know, the plight of his company, because it is his company, he essentially basically felt away, I guess that's the best way to put it, All right. felt away about Colonel Sanders being able to say the N-word and him, you know, why can't I, you know, something to that effect. <clears throat> I didn't know this was happening. Oh, I didn't know this was happening. Yeah, I it just, was like, you I know, just Colonel Sanders says, you know, and he said N-word. He didn't actually say N-word. He said, I don't know, your audience is kind of, I say the word, so, but N-I-G-G-A. He can say it, you know, so, was you know, his, his company presses for why I came mine. And I assume, based on the bits and pieces that I have pieced together, because I don't like giving this man my time or my coins, so I don't click on stuff. Right. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. He previously, this year, made some statements about the NFL, and y'all know the NFL is 98% black, so about the NFL and how that was affecting his coins and so on and so forth, and the NFL dropped him as a um, sponsor. Sponsor. 
So I'm assuming he's still really in his feelings about that. Still yeah. in his feelings. They removed him as chair of the board, and he's still. What is his former position now? Because he don't even have that no more. I think he was CEO. See, he was CEO, and now they've taken him off the board, or he was the board I think chair, and they've taken him. He's no longer the CEO now, too. I think CEO is what he just lost, he but just I'm not lost. 100% sure. One of them. He, uh, it was CEO. I did see that. So he was chairman of the board when he made the NFL yeah. comment and removed him. And now he's he was the CEO, and now he's no longer the CEO. And he just, you know, he wants to apologize and be able to come back because that's all they want to be able to do is apologize <laughs> because they got caught. Now, this is the thing is that was an in, I'm just going to take a tangent for a second. That was an internal conversation. Hmm. Uh-huh. Y'all ever think about why that's public now? They trying to remove him. Mm-hmm. The same reason why Netflix, mm-hmm. that dude, just that was an internal conversation. They been having trouble with him. They wanted it. So somebody leaked it to the press, and all of a sudden now it's a thing? Because that was an internal conversation, and I don't think it was a fresh conversation. It right. probably happened a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, mm. oh, we tired of him. Right. <laughs> I'm just going gonna, gonna to put this in my back pocket, and I'm going to use it. And, and let's come back. You know, like, this is, I forgot to put y'all's pins out there. This is why I be making notes. Um, but let's, let, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's go and come back to that, too. Let's go and come back to that, too. <laughs> I Ooh, mean, we got so many things to come back to. I tangent, tangent. Um, I just, I want it. But this is, he has insulted the people. And, I mean, I don't even know why we pressed, because his pizza is nasty. So why? It's so bad. Nasty. Okay, first of all, let me just everybody else. Like, it, listen, if I didn't need y'all to have a whole podcast, I would kick both of y'all out right now, because y'all what? know good and damn well. Y'all, I'm sorry. Look, y'all know y'all lying. That pizza is the best pizza. I don't, no. know, I don't even no, know no, what's no, no, happening. No, Janelle, Janelle, there Janelle, is no Janelle, other Janelle. pizza That's besides Papa John. like the pizza because you can slather it in that delicious, guttery bar- garlic butter sauce. I don't even use if that. you didn't have that garlic I don't sauce, even it would use be like that. Cardboard with I ketchup. don't even use the sauce. The I only eat the pizza. And do you know how much money of mine they have? Because that's the only pizza that I will eat. Because who the heck wants Domino's or Domino's, whatever it, else? Like that's well, first so off, it's dry. First off, it's just, you should get pizza from like. Garbaldi's or something. A real pizza place place. in your neighborhood. How about that? Your neighborhood probably has a pizza place. You know what? We are off on a complete tangent. And I just want you to know it doesn't matter because everybody knows DiGiorno is going to get everybody beat anyway. And I realize I'm just going to throw that in the oven and it's going to be the (laughs) best thing that's going to happen. But we're going to act like we're going to act like we didn't have this conversation because (laughs) I want to maintain our friendships and we're just going to keep on going. The point is. is bad. It's true. I hate you both with all of the love in my heart. The point is this, all right? So when we're talking about these companies or, okay, so like you've got, um, you know, the thoughts about Chick-fil-A and their values and how they do not appreciate the LGBTQ community. And I'd be feeling some type of way when I buy their nuggets too. I'd be, but they don't but stop I still, you. And I, I you mean, like their nuggets. You I, press your way. I mean, I said, I said, I recognize the errors <laughs> of my ways. I think this, this is, but Janelle, I hate to interrupt your thought. I don't no, hate to. I'm going to interrupt, yeah, I'm interrupt your thought for a second. Chick-fil-A and Papa John's and the like are not the same. Okay. Chick-fil-A, Mr. Kathy, told y'all 30 years ago when he opened That's Chick-fil-A. He, he did. did. What was on his Christian values. What his from thought jump. process was That's true. from jump. That's true. It's built into the foundation. He did, he did not team. hide it. He this is what hide nothing. These, he don't work here on Sunday. He tell the people to say, you know, 
uh, my pleasure and it be their pleasure. They, no, but listen, Chick-fil-A is low-key. Chick-fil-A is low-key like a completely different fast food a, restaurant. They, they call you, you by your name like they are Starbucks. Okay, so, but here's my question. Do they pay the workers more? So they why sure are they more polite? Do. They do. So they, See? they pay you. And if See? the only way you can get a franchise is if you have legit worked at a Chick-fil-A. Oh. Like, you can't just buy one off the street. Chick-fil-A wants yeah, you to be a... It's a family <laughs> right. environment. Wow. They pay you well. They treat you. They give you Sundays off. You get benefits. Mr. Kathy told you who we was from, from the jump. From the jump. He did. This ain't like John Shatner coming out the blue, and you you didn't know that he was an undercover racist, but oh, but it's coming out now. Mr. Kathy told you he only wanted Christian values espoused from his company. Although now, I have questions about does Christian values mean that now we hate Now your queer definition people? of Christian values it may be different than Dan Cathy's. So here's here's it what definitely I'm saying. Is. Certainly, my Jesus I'm, loved everyone. So there, so there's that. But okay, so all that, and I get what you're saying. My point is, is our reaction to those companies, not so much what those companies do. So when you have these companies that are saying, you know. Uh, or or even the ones that are posting pictures of babies in shirts that say monkeys. You know what I mean? Like with bananas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so, like even when you have these, what I'm really asking about is when you have companies like this and you have our communities in whatever fashion, whether that means the queer community, that means the black community, whatever the community is, is it effective for us to consistently boycott them? Since we're talking about money and the power that money has, and we've already said that money is something that we use to identify how well a community is doing. Are we effective in withholding our? Oh, you are getting ready. Like right, you got. No, so I'm, I'm really, just gonna. I'm gonna stop point. talking because no, he already no, got no, an no, answer. No, no, no. Finish, finish, finish. No, no. I'm just saying. Is is it is it effective? Is it an effective tool to boycott companies like this? And why? Okay. Okay. So here's my here has here's my take. On All right. I'm ready capitalism and like minority groups, right? Okay. So with a vote, a vote is 50% plus one. A vote is majority, majority. Like, so if every single, like on every issue in America, if every white person votes one way and every black person votes another way, black people lose. That's just- Every time. That is how that works, right? Because it's a democracy and it's supposed to be 50% plus one, democracy? right? Democracy? Well, supposedly to be. Yeah. Um, Question mark? Oligarchy match? But the thing, with, the thing with capitalism is it's about the margin, right? So if there's, part of the deal with Chick-fil-A is like, there's not really competition for Chick-fil-A, but like, in the, in the sense that Dan Cathy has kind of put Chick-fil-A in a different category. They have a slightly Absolutely. different kind of food. Absolutely. Whatever, whatever. But let the CEO of McDonald's come out against queer people, it wouldn't Going happen. Down. Because there's McDonald's and there's Burger King and there's Wendy's and they're all in direct competition. And so you got hurt on the margin. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if you offend 5% of people, if 5% of people shifted from McDonald's to Wendy's, McDonald's is like hurt. Hurt. Mm. Right? Deeply. And so they care very, very deeply about these very small margins, right? You always want a bigger margin than your. So, so on the margins, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we are in the margins, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we matter a lot. And I think that that's, I think that's, there's a reason that we flex in that way, because that flex, I think, sometimes can have a more immediate impact than with a politician where they're like, 
I get that you're mad, but I still have 50% plus one. I'm not worried about me getting any, I'm not worried about a single vote past 50% plus one. McDonald's is worried about every single dollar they can possibly get. And so that's, I do think that we have power to make an impact there. And to your point, Mr. Kathy, because I'd be respectful to my elders. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Kathy made himself very demand, like an un- he, he, he understood supply and demand and he created a product yeah. that it's very limited. Mm-hmm. It is not a nationwide thing mm-hmm. yet. Um, mm-hmm. And he made it such that there are no margins. It's just him. Who else is doing what Chick-fil-A is doing? And who else is doing it as well? Crickets, crickets, crickets. So what I'm saying is, is the LGBTQ, because it's a lot of letters, baby. Um, <laughs> and more, 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 <laughs> more, 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 more every month. Is there right. There somewhere? Yes. Um, they could potentially <laughs> come together as a group mm-hmm. and pro- potentially affect Mr. Kathy and his people. Mm-hmm. But y'all got division within that group. Well, even within with, with what you're saying with Dan Cathy, I'm pretty sure Chick Fil A is still privately held. Very much so. So, so you're not hurting his pocketbook by doing your own. Well, maybe you are, but he's allowed to say like literally McDonald's legally. They cannot because they're publicly traded. Exactly, they can't do anything you to hurt their stock and, price. And this is the thing is, I don't know if a lot of people really grasp that. That's what I want to touch aspect on. Aspect of it, but there are companies who have made some missteps that are publicly traded that we could have potentially affected and we didn't come right, together as right. a group. Because we this really is not 1965 mm-hmm. in which we have that kind of group focus, a group, I don't want to say group think, but it, it, group, you, group progression to do something as a group. It's a lot of small things over here and I think technology has a lot to do with why it's so spread out. Which, I'm, I was, that's actually the next question. With, with the way that social media is set up, do you think, how do you think that that's impacting? Because I think what happens is, is we have a lot of, a, a, a lot of social media boycotters. You mm-hmm. will boycott the mess out of something as long as it's in your words, in your status. Like, we don't, they don't need to have any of our money. They don't have, and, and I, listen, I, I, I understand it now. I will very rarely tell you what I am and am not doing. Mm-hmm. And I have not ever said that I'm not, I'm gonna stop eating Chick-fil-A. Now, in my head, <laughs> Honestly, me neither. I be feeling, I be feeling bad. I'm gonna go get I, my arm Listen, well and I realize that I am tipping my hand and, you know, I, 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 I definitely, I, listen, it's a stronghold, it's a struggle. I, I think to some extent, Technology is both a curse and a blessing, mm-hmm. right? So it's a blessing in that you can directly impact who you want to directly impact. Twitterverse, Twitter, a Twitter drag will kill you, will make you lose your job, Truly. will knock some points off of your, your balance books at, at the market. Yes, it, will. it will hurt your pocketbooks, if not for a lifetime, at least for a moment. For a moment, mm-hmm. right? But the curse side of it is we. Everything is filmed on your, your iPhones and your iPads and things, and we've desensitized a lot of folks. Stuff mm-hmm. that we already knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. We, because yeah. we, we black, we've been black all our lives, so we yeah. already knew it was happening. We yeah. just didn't have proof. Well, now we have proof, yeah. and it's a constant. Like every hour is another story. Yep. That the, the, the was the barbecue Becky's of the world ain't new. 
Right. It's just right. now it's caught on camera. Um, yeah. So much so that the people who need to be reaching out and touching those individuals and telling them to sit down somewhere. Sat they, completely down. They are now desensitized to what it is that they're seeing. They're like, oh, it's another one. Like we are. Yeah. Mm. So we have, like it's a blessing and a curse. Dove did that earlier yes. this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, Shea Moisture did it earlier this year yes. with the misstep. And you, baby, I got four C hair short. Shea Moisture was my friend, and I had to be like, Am I really? Am I gonna get in my feelings like this? That uh, that angered me. That touched me deep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had to pause for a minute. And mm-hmm. I haven't bought any new products, but you know, it it is what it is. But I think. A Twitter drag is probably more effective these days to mm. what it is that we marched for and mm-hmm. boycotted fully in mm. the 60s, in the 70s and things. That's probably our version of it because a, tr- a Twitter drag will mess your life up. Totally agree with you, Key. I think that with, with regards to a lot of things that we might consider to boycott as a result of what we see on social media, for me, since I'm not in the States, Social media is my avenue as to my, my first, you know, hint of awareness. Like, okay, I saw the H&M joint first on Facebook, right? Or I saw it via Twitter. I'm like, all right. And then I see a lot more things happening to where I'm making a, a sort of an assumption like, okay, people are taking care of that. And that's, yeah. I feel like that's a lot of people's uh, reasoning. Similar to what you were saying about voting is like, yeah, um, if, if so many people vote this way, in my mind, my vote is not going to matter. My, my picket fit sign and things like that really isn't going to matter. And also, y'all have, y'all have already addressed this, but the black community isn't monolithic. I mean, there are a lot of different opinions, different uh, dispositions to where looking at stats where you got to dig a bit deeper and say, even among these numbers, who is really going to ride or die in this regard? So I think that with boycotting, it's I'm looking at it more so of, what are we producing versus what are we withholding from our, with regards to our consumption? And, and I think that's also another thing that we'll probably get to because I think it does have to be a dual thing. Like if you're going to, mm-hmm. because the reality is, is when you talk about you're not buying any more products, in the same way that, again, I talk about Chick-fil-A is because there's nothing that's going to feel that, fill that. Mm-hmm. So it can be a boycott that we do for a small period of time, and we'd be real proud of ourselves for that small period of time. But at the end of the day, your hair still need to get done, and I'm still hungry. You see right. what I'm saying? I like mean, at the end of the day, something's got to fill that. So, where and you so perhaps your money too. that needs to be a dual function of our boycott because that that's my next question is can it be more effective and, and I, how I would we do that? I think you have to put you have to get the people to put something on the line. Hmm. To give up something that they really, really like and really, really mean it for a, a very staunch principle. I gave up the NFL for almost all of 2017, and I say almost all of 2017 because I didn't, I didn't want to give them my ad dollars, mm-hmm. so I unfollowed all of the, only app I, and, and the only thing I kept was ESPN, because mm-hmm. just sports in general, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I unfollowed all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not buy a ticket, the mm-hmm. NFL ticket mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I not a nary of football game that I watch. Hell, I didn't even watch college ball this year. Mm. 
this 2017. Do you know when I couldn't not watch it? My team went to the friggin' Super Bowl mm. and won. Mm. First time in the new in the modern era, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I could I couldn't not do it because my entire family, my father's deceased and he was a diehard mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. And I was like, it's just it's just one game. Like I didn't even watch the 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 NFC championship game mm-hmm. to get them there. I mean, I turned, I came, I had to get updates, text messages from my brother because I turned off the ESPN app. I just didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. And we made it. And now I'm like, that was a sacrifice for me. Mm-hmm. And that's not everybody's judge. Right. That is not everybody's mm-hmm. thing. That was hard for me this mm-hmm. year. And now I'm like, I feel like I can really I can really be done with the NFL at this point based upon some of the decisions they've made in the offseason. Yeah. yeah. I can really right. be done. And I thought it was going to be hard for me because I have, you know, my fiance is a Saints fan, like diehard, like mm. legit, like before they won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Saints fan. <laughs> <laughs> How <to> sway? <laughs> and he's like, I think, he's like, baby, I think I'm done with the NFL. Wow. Because they... They keep making decisions and things that negatively impact people who look like me when they're 98% people who look like me. And I'm like, you don't care? You, you shouldn't get my coins. But there were number, hundreds of people who were what I call social media justice warriors mm-hmm. who could not lay down their NFL ticket. Couldn't Do you know how much money TV? I spent on this? Do you know blah, blah, blah? Could, I already bought not. this. Yeah. Could not and would not. And when the NFL doubled down and said, we still don't care about you or what you're talking about, that let me know just how unpressed we can be and what we, like, that was, when I said that was a sacrifice for me, that was a sacrifice yeah, for me. Yeah, because I don't care, but I, I do know that you do. Because I don't care. And this I, was, and, but the thing is, is there were so many people who were. I can't even name more than five who, teams, so. But there are so many people who are hard pressed to be social media justice warriors and could not lay down their NFL addiction for twelve for not even twelve months, it's nine months. And so and then 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 my question then becomes, so then what will it take? Right? Crickets. Because because you can't you can't say it'll take you know, because the reality is, is the NFL thing happened as a response to our babies being killed, our people being killed. And, and, and that stuff. is a large incident. That is, that is, that, that's, that's, I mean, granted, there are other things that went into that, but that is the large statement that he was making mm-hmm. that started it, right? Mm-hmm. Was, was the police brutality, which also, comma, is almost every single civil rights uh march and protest a lot of people think it's about voting rights it is but it's also about voting rights in respect to the fact that we need to vote people like corrupt police officers like we need to vote against that particular entity so since we're fighting the exact same fight because literally selma exact same fight Mm -hmm. you you know what i mean like what will it take if like if it's if it's not if it if it's not our people getting killed if it's if it's not even if it's not even I just want the right to be able to say I don't want our people being killed 
like I mean, something that small. What is it going to take? It's going to have to take a. It's going to have to take a revolution, in my opinion. I mean, when we look at what we're discussing now, NFL has been on television for decades. I mean, it's tradition in the black community as well, right? Yeah. Um, look at what you know, the clothes that we rock, uh, things like that. And what you were saying, Key, about some people being social media sort of uh, warriors and not, you know, using their tickets to go see the games and stuff like that, or, you know, still watching the NFL. I'm thinking, well, you know, how hard would it be for most of us to give up our J's? I mean, look at Michael Jordan and how much he's making off of us and others, knowing that he invests in privatized prisons, knowing mm -hmm. that he, you know, retweets like, all lives matter and things like that. So knowing his stance is like, well, dang, you know, I, I got to stay fly. Be because J Jordan's main deal is his coins. Right. And, and I think that has, that is the crux of this argument. Mm -hmm. Coins. How is this going to affect my coins? This is why there weren't very many folks that stood or kneeled or whatever mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. Cap because that was going to affect their the coins. Money. And I keep repeating this: the NFL is ninety-eight percent black. If the if season, if everybody just stopped playing, it like, and yeah. I mean, if everybody just because because the reality is, if we really want to look at it again, I don't know nothing about nothing. Like I said, five teams maybe, and some of them probably college. I don't know. I don't know nothing about nothing. But what I am gonna say is, like, if if you really want to look at the people who are buying the expensive tickets, yeah, how many of us? Is it? Oh, a lot. A so lot. if we stop buying the tickets. Well, okay. Here's and then, and, and on top of stop buying the tickets, because I do also think that there are going to be some of those people who will be like, well, if they're, you know what, just to show them, you know, all lives matter, I'll buy some tickets. Well, we'll go now that they have seats mm -hmm. available. It's because the reality is it's, it's a trickle effect, right? So how many of us are buying the tickets? We've already said a lot. Right. So if we walk away from that, it's going to hit them so hard. The reality is the way that economics is set up, supply and demand. Well, all of a sudden you got this huge uh, supply. You don't have to get rid of that. So ticket prices are going to go down and some other people going to start stepping in and buying tickets. So, and I think you need a combination of not only do you need us to stop buying, but we they need have to stop them partners playing. on the field and need that's to stop what I'm saying. Playing. It has to be it has to be twofold because we can stop buying the tickets, but the reality is those seats still exist. So if that 98% of the people are still on the field, somebody is still showing up to see them play. If you take away the game, what they coming for? And even just if they could just two two games, stay stay in the locker room. Just two just two games. Everybody dress out. Game get ready to start. Lock stay in the locker room. Even for like the first half. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much power? That's a lot. They have. That's a lot. Coupled with what we have, we we could do some things. And and this is the thing is I understood their argument. This is their this is their livelihood. Mm -hmm. This is, but sometimes you have to sacrifice mm -hmm. in order for it. There's a lot of people who needed the bus system, in in, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. to get to where they had, and they walked miles and miles and miles to get where they needed to be, because it was a sacrifice for them. And I think that that is what is missing from 
the people today. But it's also the collective. It's the collectiveness. Yeah. Because, yes, there are a lot of people who were willing to sacrifice and walk miles and miles. But whilst that was happening, there were other people who were like, look, I'm a lawyer. I can figure out how to make this work. Or or somebody else was like, you know what, look, I got a car. Or somebody else was like, okay, well, all that money we would spend putting toward buses, we're going to pass that off to these people. They're going to pull their money and they're going to buy a car. There, There was a whole lot of other... There were a whole lot of other things that happened for that. And when we're talking about what our money can do in the movement, it's so easy for us to say we will abstain for something, but we do not move it to to somewhere that will will enable us to have longevity in a protest. I think that's the issue. When you're protesting for five minutes, it's, it's all great. But when you have to protest for nearly a year, the only reason the boycott worked is because there were so many other moving parts. And for this in particular... It worked because those other moving parts, those folks were willing to, to sacrifice. sacrifice. But, and that's the thing is, everybody was willing to sacrifice. It cannot be just the NFL... Um, the 98% that you're talking about in the NFL stops playing. It mm. cannot be that. No. Because... A, it's also like, well, we already have our money. At what point, at, like, at what point are you guys going to step up? Well, technically they don't because the NFL is still not working with guaranteed contracts. It's the only entity that doesn't. So not really, no. And that leads to like more stats with regards to sports real quick. I'm just going to read off two stats uh, for the NFL. African-Americans hold only 8% of all management positions in the NFL, while nine African-American vice presidents and also there are 12 black vice presidents of NFL teams and African-Americans hold 9% of the general manager positions of the NFL. So, I mean, those, those numbers sort of paint the picture of, okay, we've withheld our viewership. We've gone off to do this, but now who is in those meetings to where we can discuss why we've done so, why our viewership has gone down, and what can change. Well, mm-hmm. that all, and that also kind of touches a smidge, like a pinky toe, on the representation of the players and how lackluster that is. Oh my God, the but players' so, union is terrible. All of yeah. this, because <laughs> also you could also transition. I, I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but you could transition that that same train of thought to people in boardrooms when mm, you're looking at things yeah. like Dove and you're looking at Shea or whatever. You mm. can transition all of that to people in boardrooms and talking about representation there. And and the, but the problem is, is everything that I think we're talking about, nobody talks about in the mass groups. What we see is we get on social media and we say we should boycott this, but we haven't considered the fact that, well, boycotting this particular company isn't going to have the same effect as boycotting that particular company. We haven't had the full discussion. discussion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that's the thing. Uh, Another thing that the civil rights movement of the 60s had was they, they, they were strategic. There was strategery happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like really the strategery mm-hmm. was on point. And the thing is, is I I think I think I'm very um, grateful for the time that I had to that I sat and really studied all of these different individual protests and movements and all those things because I learned how it was that kept it moving. And that's what we're missing. We, it, it, it isn't our passion, because I think a lot of older generations think that we don't want to give up anything, we don't want to sacrifice anything, and we're even talking about our level of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I think 
it's a combination of, yes, there are some people that are lackluster with respect to sacrificing, but I think it's also a combination of that and not knowing the impact it would actually have. If you truly understood what this does and how we could actually move, mm -hmm. I wonder, like, if we really understood that, what would change? Well, that's the thing, right? Like, the, the thing that motivates sacrifice is hope, and it's what is going to, you need, people need a plan to hope in. You know what I mean? People mm -hmm. need, like, that's part of the reason people rally around, you know, a lot of, that's why hope and change was Obama's slogan, right? Because yeah. he was like, nah, I really am going to deliver for you, so come out and knock some doors for me. Well, that's another story. With but a whole other, a whole other but podcast. To, to come out and say, hey, I'm going to make something happen for you, that's how you get people to then True. come out for you. And True. for me, this goes back to well, social there are media. there two different types, but go ahead. That this goes back to social media in the sense that, like, social media is so non-hierarchical, and that's, like, part of what people were so excited about, right? Like, Black Lives Matter is this movement that doesn't need, like, a straight black man to be the head of it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a face like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And while that is very exciting, at the same time, that lack of hierarchy and lack of structure can then be a, a stumbling block when you're trying to put together a, like, no, guys, this is the plan. Now, to be fair, mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter did put together a plan. It did. did. And it was pretty explicit, and it was a it platform. It was very explicit. And, right, like, it was detailed. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, did we get... Did, was our strategy detailed, mm -hmm. right? How do we get to that? And to some extent it is. They, they but also, it's also a work in progress because if you want to look back in the beginning, it was not. In the beginning, mm -hmm. we were just mad and we was yelling Black Lives Matter because it didn't seem like they did, doesn't seem like they do. And that's where every like movement do, starts. Right? So, yes, it, it has been a work in progress. And, yes, there is more work to be done. But, but, what I, but I hear you that, like, where is the strategy? And it's almost mm -hmm. like how do you brought, again, with social media, Mm -hmm. Like, it used to be we could go in the church mm -hmm. and talk about strategy, and you're going to get, like, 80 90% of the community there, mm -hmm. and you weren't going to get white overhearers like that, mm -hmm. right? True. Whereas today, mm -hmm. on social media, people live to follow social media accounts of people they completely disagree with so they can yell at them. So, so that it's they like, control. Like, that's the... How are also, you going to... where is your energy going that you follow someone <laughs> specifically just to jump on... Like, I have seen... Like, how you get mad at a cat video? Like, why are you here looking at a video just to put an angry face on it? Like, where are you putting your energy to? But that's like, what I'm saying. Like, how are you going to roll out a, a, boy, a bus boycott when you're mad at my cat videos? Right. Like, the bus <laughs> right. is going to know months in advance that there's a bus boycott <laughs> because it's going to be on Twitter. Yeah. If, if that's how you organize. Social media. Like, I think about, you know, the civil rights movement, which, again, is not over. <laughs> but civil rights movement and even, like, the Black Panther movement. In my opinion, I think if social media was popping then as it is now, then I don't think those movements would have lasted as long as they have um, also. Because there, there's, I think there's a sense of, of stepping away from sort of that collective sort of voyeuristic way we communicate now and really getting down to the nitty gritty of it all. And I think that's what the Black Panther Party uh, did. Whether people you know, agree with it or not, I mean, that's, that's how they formed. They formed through a very revolutionary way where they, they, they were in the streets, they gathered people who agreed on what they needed and they moved forward with that. They didn't ask, I don't think they had a, a mass sort of discussion um, on if they should do it. They were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Are you with it or are you not? 
<laughs> you know, and I think I, that's. I think though that we can't completely discount the use of social media and how it has affected the movement today. I, I, I do think that there is a place for social media. Mm -hmm. I think we just haven't, uh, we haven't figured out how to effectively use it. Gil Scott Heron said that the revolution would not be televised. He's right. It's going to be on your Twitter feed. Well, and but also, but also, so my, yes, agreed to some, to some degree, because when I hear that statement, it's, it, well, yes, obviously. I'm also thinking that there's, it's, it's internal. The revolution is internal. And until hmm. we internalize, that's the part that's not televised. When I, when I hear that statement, I don't, listen, <laughs> when I hear that statement and I hear the revolution will not be televised, it's because it can't be. The revolution has to absolutely happen with, within your mind. There has to be a point in your brain where you say, you know what? This is worth my J's. This is worth the ticket. And I'm, I'm finished this and I'm done. Worth, Let's go. This is worth it. And that's, that's the revolution that has to happen. And until that happens, all the other things that we're talking about in terms of boycotting but and all to of be that, honest it's going to be I for think, not. I think T, we're headed for a crescendo. Like we've, we've got a slow, a slow build right now, mm -hmm. and it's coming. And but I, you, you I, I do. I, I don't you, think I don't. I don't know if it's going to happen quickly, which I think is what a lot of people assume. But it's not just quickly. It's like whether or not, whether or not a movement jumps off, is up to some people's decision. Yes, at a at a at a moment, it does become like a wave, and it's going to happen whether you want it to happen or not. But like, there's. I feel like, yes, we are in a better position today than we were not no not in terms of our lives but i'm saying in a better position to like create a, a movement mm -hmm. in 2018 or in 2017 or in 2015 than we were in like 2005 anything really or, yeah. or, yeah. or, or yeah. in anything right so i think we're in a better position for that movement to jump off i think there's energy towards it but like does that become a mass whether or not it becomes a mass movement i think does become a question of a lot of individual actions until it becomes that way that and, and to be honest with you, I think some of the individual actions have begun, right? So it started, okay, yeah. it started with a knee. Mm. And then now... It did trickle out. We, we, we trickled out. And we got you on camera now. Mm -hmm. Right. We got you on camera now. And the world is watching. And we, we, everybody can see us now. We're on Front Street. Mm -hmm. That has a lot to do with the political climate right now. Of course. But we're on Front Street, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody is watching us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's coming. I'm not exactly sure when, when or what it will look like, but social media will be involved. Yeah. It, well, anything that we do from now on, social media is on social media. True. Facts. Social media will be involved, it, and it isn't just going to be us. I, I know Janelle has a topic coming soon. But it isn't, yes. this time, it isn't going to just, it cannot just be us this time. Well, it has to be everyone. And, and to your point about social media having its place, that's, that's what social media has done. And I think to some degree that's also the unifying fact that, yes, being, being black um, in America, we all have a, I'm not gonna say that, okay. So being black in America, we are experienced to, we are exposed to things that 
other people are not. Being a woman in a boardroom, you are exposed to other things that people are not, right? So when you have these experiences and you start putting them up on Front Street, like you said, it starts to say, okay, I thought this was just me and I thought it was foul, but I also thought it was one person, right? I thought it was a person, mm -hmm. not an idea. Mm -hmm. And I think what has happened is, you know, and I've said this before, we, we, we get in our interracial relationships, we get in, you know, these multicultural um, schools, and, mm -hmm. and because, because we have all these wonderful things at our, disposal, at our disposal, we think that that is a representation of the minds around us. Mm -hmm. Just because you are in an interracial relationship doesn't mean the person sitting on the bus next to you is accepting of that. And I think what Shoot, happens is- just because is, you're in the interracial relationship doesn't mean that the listen, person you with accepts, baby. Also, comma, there is a whole other, there is, there is anti-blackness is world currency, facts. boo. And just because you married somebody who don't look like you doesn't mean that they accept all of you. There is, there is a, there is a video that I'm going to watch when we take this quick break. Uh, I, I guess there, I, I feel like I, I got one. Too. Yeah. That I want to, cause I just, I just saw somebody's post about it, but I didn't, I didn't hear that. But the, all my, my, my point is this, we, we have come so far that it has affected our ability to look back. I and think we it don't looks realize. Like we have, I think it looks like we have come so but, far. But what Let's I'm talk about is, is statistics. It right. It and, looks but, like we've come so far right. anyway. But I'm saying we've, it's, it's affected our ability to look back in a way that we don't know that when we look back, it's just right here. Yeah, like, not, we don't realize when we look back, we can still touch it. Mm -hmm. we, and, and I think that that's, that is the that's goal. what happened. That is the goal of the supremacy. It is insidious in that way. And I will probably, every time you invite me to talk, I will say that the supremacy, I'm speaking very specifically about white supremacy, is insidious and that it infects you in a way where you think you have gotten ahead, but somebody gonna remind you not only are you black, but you a black girl and yeah. that you're a black girl in Texas. Somebody gonna remind you that you're a black person, you're a black man. They're gonna remind you. Mm -hmm. They're going, they're going, it's going to mm -hmm. pop up in some kind of way. Some way. Because the supremacy is insidious. And it might not be a white person who reminds you. True. Also. It might be a Latina. It might be another black person. I was, that, that's actually where person. I was going. It, I was going it there. It might be a Latina, another black person, a biracial, black person um it, i'm i'm just saying but i think all of all of your topics from you know big to small to race based to gender based to whatever it's the it's the supremacy is insidious and 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 yes and there there will be not so polite reminders that that it exists right it's it's going to be there um let's let's do a break and then we'll come back and talk about black owned businesses. Yes. Yes, black business. Okay. So what were you going to say about black business, Justin? Well, he brought to my attention um, about Tulsa and how it was sort of like an economic boost and uh, revolutionary for black communities in the United States. And presently we have the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but if you go to Instagram um, and type in Tulsa Real Estate Fund, 
Jay Morrison, he is the leader um, and uh, the, the CEO, the genius, the black man, the brains behind this uh, movement, which is sort of reconstructing the black community within Tulsa and allowing and inviting other shareholders, brokers, educators, uh, analysts, accountants to come on board and uh, hop on the vision using their dollars, using their resources, using their wits, their knowledge, anything and everything to rebuild once we, you know, what we once had before. And I think that that's, so that that's awesome. As a um, unit, inspiring. as a people, um, are we saying that we believe that pursuing wealth is the way to go then if we're talking about all these black owned businesses or are we just pursuing like I guess our place in a market is that like is it wealth that we should be after or? I think it's the latter because I think we have sort of like a talented tenth sort of situation with wealth mm -hmm. and it's just about a tenth and I think if we could just get to a place where we could be comfortable whatever that means yeah we might you know because we live in a capitalist society that is not changing so we kind of have to deal. And I think if, if given the opportunity to thrive without fear of reprisal, perhaps we could get to a place where we could maybe look like some of these other communities that build their own version of wealth within those communities. But see, the, the, here's the, the thing about building wealth is that you look at the you look at the people in the white community, or even uh, in Asian communities and Latino communities. You look at the people that are doing well, and you think, okay, well, the point of like us pursuing a better place in the market is to look like this. But then you don't look at all the people who like who who what, you don't look at all the poor white people, the poor white people who are like miserable because they're worried about where their food is coming from, and it's like. We know that we're never gonna get 100% of black people to financial comfort because white people haven't been able to do that and they had all of our labor for 250 and years. That is absolutely true. And they made political decisions so right. that even if it keeps them from getting ahead, you're not getting ahead either. So it works. <laughs> this is true. To add to you guys' uh, great points is that with regards to not only what uh, black people have in the United States and like us contributing to the economy because we, we do have crazy buying power. It's like 1.1 trillion just mm -hmm. from African Americans. I think there's an element of cultural preservation that has to be highlighted as well because a lot of what we buy, a lot of what we rock, a lot of what we eat, things like that, it's being sold back to us. It's being taken away, copywritten, owned and being sold right back to us. And so if there's an element, I mean, linguistically, fashion-wise, research-wise, things like that, where we can keep what we create, that could, that could sort of build, not necessarily wealth to, to help us like be on top financially, but wealth to sort of say, this is sustainable, this is ours, and my children's children's children are gonna know that, and they're gonna get paid for it. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, just as long as, just like you were saying, Chris, I really agree with you because if we look at wealth and things like that, a lot of people who have quote unquote made it, they're living like the other. And so I don't think that that should be the goal, right? To, to necessarily get out of the hood and 
go to uh, Calabasas and live like Kanye and things like that. I think that what we should do is preserve our culture. <laughs> preserve our culture, capitalize on like sustainability. And as a result, we'll get what we deserve, you know, what we've worked hard for for, for years in America. There, there's a certain aspect that, that this is interesting because right before I began this podcast, I was telling Janelle that my fiance was texting me existential questions because he does that. He just likes to pick my brain. And I, the question he asked, and this is com- it's kind of off topic but kind of on, was what was justice to me? What, you know, what it looked like to me? And did I believe it existed in America? And with that, I had like something real quick, brief off the top of my head before I was like, I'm getting ready to go on this podcast, but let me tell you what justice looks like to me is the people who do people foul get their com- comeuppance immediately or what we believe karma to be. Um, do I believe that it exists in America? No, because if it did, 45 wouldn't be where he is. So with that being said, Getting what we deserve is probably not how we need to view that particular portion of the movement because we're never going to get what we deserve. That's never going to happen. And I think that's another thing. It's understanding the goal and understanding how attainable it is because I think when you're talking about hope, like when I said there are two parts, my father has always said there are two things that motivate voters, hope and fear, right? Oh, true. True, true, true. Facts. so if if and 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 that is evident when you're talking about 45 right so that is evident in that there are a lot of things that we have wrote on the back of this fear and then that has gotten people oh all of a sudden i'm gonna be broke i ain't gonna have no job i ain't gonna you know i ain't gonna be able to Mm -hmm. do this that or the other and and that goes that's the complete opposite campaign that was run before in terms of hope Mm -hmm. so when we're building these movements and we're talking about how money comes into play there when we're talking about what justice looks like to us as a community um i think it's really important to not only understand the end game but understand like how attainable your hope is Mm -hmm. like you you can't a friend of mine and i were talking yesterday and we were discussing the word fair because we pick apart words we're Mm -hmm. word people we dig words and we look at what they really mean Mm -hmm. and the reality is that we determine this fair is not really a thing when it comes to humans Mm -hmm. you can have a fair rule and that is i mean it it doesn't it doesn't exist when you think about it you have you can have a rule that is fair and that it's meant to apply to all people but that rule is only as good as the people who enforce it who created the rule and who create it right and so if even with the best possible situation where the rule is absolutely void of any discrimination Mm -hmm. or any prejudice, the people who are meant to enforce it, the people who may have written it, all of those people are not necessarily considering you or people who look like you or people who dress like you or people who love like you or whatever. So fair is really this thing that we keep going for. And I think sometimes in, in any minority community, the motivation is because the rule isn't fair. Mm. The rule's not fair. Well, the reality is there are very few things that are fair. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to create something that's fair, 
you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't, it, get, it, it, it will nev never happen. What I am going to say is it's so far away from where you currently are that that gives you so many opportunities to lose hope. Mm -hmm. And if you're saying hope is what drives a movement, why set ourselves up for failure to try to achieve something that's so far beyond what we already have instead of really considering the strategy of going, okay, let me get to this next part. Like, what, what is on the way to fair? Because it's so far from me. Well, I think that you, you, you set concrete goals. I think the difference between, like, you, you cannot and should not sell people on and then your life will be fixed and then it will be a happy ending, right? Because that happy endings don't exist. But you can sell people on and then we're going to eliminate the poll tax. And then we're going to make sure that yeah. every black person in Alabama can vote. I, well, I think the, the setting of the goal is part of the problem, right? So as you know, was said earlier, black people are not a monolith. Mm -hmm. Right, we don't all want the same things mm -hmm. at the same time in the same way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But I think part of the earlier part of the movement, because as Justin said, it ain't done. Right. We were focused on equality and what that looks like in the law, mm. and not equity, mm. and what yes. that yes. means yes. to us. Mm -hmm. So I think if we had said, let's not force ourselves upon their spaces and make them treat us like we're equal in their spaces. How about we just get y'all to stop bombing our spaces? Mm. Stop intruding upon our space. Stop stealing and taking and rifling through our spaces first so that we could True. stabilize ourselves. True. Yes. Get to a place yes. where we were stable. Yes. And then we can discuss how to do that. But legal But uh, we the but problem that, is we still ain't stable. That, and, but, but that's, but that's because we, we never set that we goal. We never set that goal. I think and we I set get the wrong goal. I think, I think that that's what I'm saying. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. It's like we, 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 and I'm not, I'm, I'm not at all saying anything negative about the movement because mm, I think right no. now it's really the, it's really the best we got. Like, it's well, legit the Well, and it was also, the like, the most effective blueprint. mass organizing of the 20th century. And, and like, period, they it, right? I, like, I think if we refocus from equality because that's what they tried to do with the earlier portion of the movement they tried for equality mm -hmm. instead of working more towards equity well maybe and, we and, and you would and you could also argue that there were people who did not necessarily do that it was just the main move because you you, true. you you've got true. you've Accurate. got your other very true you've got you've got your other um movements who were about no nah, i'm not really trying to be in their space i'm I trying to get my stuff free money. yeah right. i'm trying to get my stuff right i don't got to be in y'all spaces so you have you do have that movement but i also think it again and again going back to that whole we don't want the same thing in the same way for some people and for many people what people wanted was equality, or what they thought they what wanted. What they thought they because wanted, because that's what they thought equity was. Mm. I think True. there's a fundamental misunderstanding of between equality. Yeah, and and okay, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and unpack that, shall we? <laughs> um, I love because that. Let's do it. because I I don't think. I don't think those people that we're, we're referring to in the past are the only ones who have oh, no. that misunderstanding. For sure. oh, For sure. like and I think currently in this moment. Okay. So let's, let's unpack. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to, I wanted to speak to that specifically as it relates to business. And this goes back to what you were saying, Justin, is about like you can look at 
black businesses can come from a space of equality or from a space of equity. You can come from a space of, well, my goal as a black business person is to essentially ensure that I am equal to this other ridiculously rich white person, right? Mm -hmm. And that you, that you can process that as an equality goal. And I think that we can all more or less agree that that is, if nothing else, an ineffective strategy, mm -hmm. right? But if you look at it, I'm still, I personally have questions about like, is pursuing like capitalist success gonna work at all? Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna do it, I think you have to come at it from an equity standpoint Absolutely. of, I'm doing this to build equity. So I'm doing this to make it so that it's as easy for a black person at my job to get a job as for a white person. It's as easy for a queer person to get promoted as for a straight person. Absolutely. It's as easy for, you know, a woman to have X number salary for doing the same job. I'm going to teach you the game so that you can teach the next person. And that may mean not treating everyone exactly blanket the same. Mm -hmm. It may mean doing something special to make up for his, and that's where the equity piece comes yeah. in. Mm -hmm. It may mean doing something to change a if, system. If, if I if I let you three folks in to the all white space, I want you to make it so that the next six folks who look like y'all, who is, love like y'all, who dress like y'all, can get in here and 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 do their things too. Mm -hmm. And I want it to build and to build and, and to, to build. And to be fair, that's what the movement taught us. I was I listened to these interviews with like George C. Wolf and he said, when you go through this door, your job is to be brilliant and funny and fantastic and make all these white people love you so you can open the door for everybody else. And so, I think we occasionally forget that we're supposed to be opening the door. Oh, always. Wait, occasionally. She said occasionally. We, 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 we <laughs> I was trying to be polite. She we, did. We forget that we're supposed to reach back mm -hmm. and share the game. Because it is a game. Right. And if you don't want to necessarily build up the white space, then build it in your own community and still reach back. Pull well, them the, folks right, up. Right. I think that's where a lot of the, I want to say debate, for lack of a better term, I think that's where we are in a lot of regards is that do I trust this business to execute the way that I'm used to other businesses executing as well. Businesses. You mean like white businesses do? They do ju just, they, I think we have it twisted and confused about the level of quality of service that we receive from everyone else. And we, I was, I was going there yeah. and I pulled myself back. No, 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 no. This, go is, there this is now. the time that we can go there. So yes. we hold us to a higher standard. Yes. Then we hold them, those, and some. Correct. Okay. The, the Asian community, the Latino communities, the white communities, they do us dirty too. They mess up our orders too. They ignore- Their stores in the hood, like where, where they come from and they are part of our culture now. Mm -mm, they think they are. They have hijacked it from us and made us so that we can't even own stuff for us because they have taken over the market and they do us some, they do us so dirty. But the True. second that you walk into a black owned business and they mess up something or they don't get something exactly right, we cutting them off. Well, we, we, we don't even give them the opportunity that we give others to fix it. To fix it, yep. yeah. We don't even tell you, you know what, sister, I love coming to spaces like this, but your people at the front register aren't very friendly. 
That's not going to keep me from coming back, but maybe some training might need to take place. You can we, do we that. Could, you could actually have that Look conversation. At those words. You can, you can have Look that at those simple words. You can do that, and your experience the next time you came in could be beautiful. It could yeah. be great. But you keep going back to the Dillards and the Macy's. The Dillards and the Macy's. The, the Dillards when, of the when world. they don't treat you <laughs> right. When they hog tie you and kill you. You keep going back to the dealerships that ignore you. See? You keep going back to the home to the home buying stores that follow oh, you Oh, no. Yes. You keep going back to the Korean hair Well, store. and the thing is, is that you keep no going shops. back in there because you want to prove something. And I think that's yes. another thing. And if that's a completely bang. different, but that's that's a mentality thing. That's a completely th- different thing because I don't have to prove something I already am. I know that mm-hmm. I'm already Amen. worth this. I don't have to walk Amen. in the store. Now, when you figure it out, <laughs> right. it's up to you. And but think- that's what happens is that we keep frequenting these businesses because we want to prove, and this is a very general we, mm-hmm. I'm making generalizations, mm-hmm. but we, we want to prove that our our money it's it's we we could do this too. It's we could do this too. Yes, yes, we it, absolutely it, can, it, and we could do it more if we did it for us. Can I just quick aside and say I really appreciate this, the the free your mind and the rest will follow vibe <laughs> that you're on right now. It's giving me it's giving me on both, but uh, it's also like it's such a writer place to come from. <laughs> it's such a like Man. if we get our minds right. If we right. could just get I together, mean, it's. It's a thing I do. And, but, I, I I think, but you're I think, right. I think if we registered that as as pressed as we are to spend our green dollars in their communities and their stores and their things, if we could use that same kind of energy in our own stuff, where could we be? Yeah. What could we be doing for us? Also, and, as you like, I, I really equality versus equity is really like ringing in my head that because frankly we shouldn't necessarily have the same if we understand that there are historical things that cause me to not be in the same place as a white counterpart Mm -hmm. why do i not understand that there are historical things in place that might cause this black business to not be in the same place Mm -hmm. as the white business Mm -hmm. what they Mm -hmm. don't have the same they don't have the same resources that them those and some have they they don't have the same education they don't have the same information Mm-hmm. Information, it's withheld from them. It's harder yep. for them to start up. They don't have the money, they don't have the capital, they don't have the money to do what these other thing entities are able to do with relatively ease. It's, you know. And that, and we're also ignoring the fact that once you create these businesses, they they put a lock on that mug. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, once yeah. no once you yeah, once yeah, you yeah. get these big businesses, no even even if you are trying to come up, even if you are being taught all the right things, w- once you have that information, no matter what color you are, somebody has already locked a door because they don't we, they don't want you coming in and I, and still in. You want to talk about again these McDonald's and what have you? What like it's it's. You're it's gonna be, you're gonna be really hard pressed to find another business that comes up and and ends up achieving McDonald's mm-hmm. status. Oh, no, because not they, they didn't already by McDonald's. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? They didn't already takeover and whatnot. It, it, Come on, monopolistic already, capitalism. They're, yes. They're already gonna close some doors. So, you know, I, like and I think I think what we have really determined as well is that if we want to go back to the beginning, there is a place for money in a movement. Mm -hmm. But what I think we've all said is, at some point or another during this conversation, is it comes down to the education 
of the people who have to apply it. You have, you have to have education on how to create a strategy. You have to have education on how to create or make good goals, I would, attainable I, I goals. I would give a caveat to the phrasing education. It doesn't necessarily mean, in, in my view, and I'm not going to speak for you, but Fair in enough. my view, it doesn't necessarily mean boxed education no, and no, no, institution. No. Just no, 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 no. I'm not talking about formal education. Okay. I mean education in terms of educating yourself on this particular situation. Because formal education is a whole other okay. different situation but I for think me. along with the education, informal, formal, however you want to view it, information, we need mm -hmm. the resources. Yes. But I think that I, I think the problem is is we don't even know what resources we need because we don't even know what we have to do. And True. that's where that education piece for me comes in. Is yeah. when you put people in a room and if, I mean like even if I let's let's simplify this a little bit. If I go back to and I know checkbooks aren't a thing that we do these days, right? But if you go back to, you know, me showing my age and how old I am, when I first got my first account, my, my parents taught me how to balance a checkbook. Mm -hmm. um, and even though we don't do checks, there's still a place for making sure that you balance your money. Mm -hmm. Just because you have a card don't mean it, it, it won't run out. Mm -hmm. and, and what I'm saying is, is if we simplify that and look at just our 14 and 15 year olds who think that the card means infinite amounts of money. And, right. and, and to be fair, I think that they're aware to some degree, but there's an awareness piece that they don't know because we're not necessarily teaching, and that's a simplified version of well, budgeting. A, but Yeah, it's a little bit of a generational thing because they don't know because they're not being taught because the people before them don't know. But the thing is, is that, again, when you go back and you talk about what resources to get. If you don't understand how to balance a checkbook, mm -hmm. if you don't understand how to balance your account and keep track of the funds that you have on a card, how do you know to go, what, what types of loans to get? How do you know what bank, what types of banks? Should I go to a credit union? And, and what this, is a credit union? This is the type why, of why resources do you know that? that we need to be giving back willingly and freely, right? So yes. take yourself down to your you know local school, mm -hmm and donate your time in that way. I am on board for hosting something where we just pick five I, kids I, and teach them. I am on board for hosting I, something well, like I, that. I, you, I, I am a member of Junior League. Yes, I know yes. Junior League. Mm. But they do some good work. Yeah. And I volunteered with a program that, uh, that had a Saturday program, like almost like Saturday school, and it was like supplemental. Mm -hmm. And one of the lessons that, because they had their own like lessons throughout the, you know, the time period, and one of the lessons that they have used to have every year was my favorite one was real money, real life lessons. Mm -hmm. So they give you a pile of money, and you pull out your life circumstances and your money and your life circumstances, and and how much money you had was set, and you pull it out of like a hat, and you'd have to figure out life what kind of car yeah. you needed to buy, what, what, what kind of rent you needed to pay, if you had to have elder care or, 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 or child care, what, how much, and it just, you could see their whole world going because they had no idea how much things cost or what they would need to spend money on in the future. They just know when I get big, when I get older, and when I become an adult, yeah. I want to live this life. Stuff like that, mm -hmm. I think we should, you know, reinvest in our community in that way too because it doesn't always have to be financially based yeah
I, 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 totally, I totally agree. And I think there's a place for that with regards to formal education as well. If they teach you now how to apply for loans for university, mm. why aren't they teaching you how to apply for loans uh, for a bank to open up your own business? Mm. You know what I'm saying? If one thing exists here, then why not the other thing? Or, or even like at the high school level, level middle school level, kids that are giving money, kids that are working and receiving income of some sort, they need to be taught how to handle that. And I think that that not being taught is intentional in a way, because that'll be, that'll be revolutionary as well. These kids graduating and knowing that, hey, maybe if I gather my friends and start our own business rather than going to a university immediately, maybe I can have that option, you know? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm still paying off my, <laughs> my student loans. Shout out to Sally forever, May. Forever, forever, true, forever, forever. Yeah, forever. No, <laughs> I would, my, my question though, when it comes to education, like sure you can educate people on how to get a loan and how to be intelligent about money and how to start a business and how to all that, right? And how to be successful. But if that, for me, if that doesn't come with a piece of education about, and this is how specifically you're going to use that success to, for the maximum benefit of the community, right? Like, you know, there's, there's, so I'm surprised we haven't said his name yet, but Marcus Garvey, this is a very Garveyite conversation. He's all up, he's all over this place right now. But like, if you don't have that kind of plan and intention, like if you're gonna teach, to me, if you're gonna teach a black child, like this is how you're gonna have a successful business, and you don't teach them this is how that business is going to help your community. To me, you didn't do that much to like, you did a lot to help that person and that family. And a free black family in the United States of America is in its own way revolutionary. Yes, facts, true. But what is that gonna do for us as a community until you have that added piece of, and this is how you make sure that it impacts everybody else. This is how you make sure that you are able to hire other people from the neighborhood. This is how you make sure you are able to, like the intentional strategy, as you said, strategy, strategy for maximizing the impact of your business to me is, a, is as important for us as the basic knowledge of how to do it. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, money is all powerful, it sounds like. Like, well, it don't have to be. It but doesn't that's the have world to be, but the one that right we now. live in, I said is, and, and currently in this moment, like, it doesn't have to be. But it sounds like, I mean, like, honestly, it sounds like our road to freedom, unfortunately, is paved in economic. Oh, I think parts of the road to freedom is um, paved in ec economic, you know, liberty, freedom, liberty. whatever. Um, well, like you said, we want to make sure we're good, right? We're, we the make road sure to us being good is money. Is money. <laughs> yes. However, comma, um, mm -hmm. you know, little little invoke here. We you you need to free your mind first yeah. on some things, mm -hmm. and many of these other things shall and will follow. So what what I think is we the movement is twofold. Yeah. Minimally twofold. It, minimally is a real good <laughs> right. way of putting it. Yeah. It is. There's some economic aspects of it because I feel like the folks who preach economic only don't really look at the social aspect of it and how that affects us and what that looks like to us. Boys Watkins, the, 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 there are things that we need to do socially too. We can't completely divest 
from the social aspect mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so. and I actually meant to ask this question, so let's devil, let's, let's do the devil's advocate thing here where we respond with, you know, talking about in terms of minority. Well, if these Asian communities can do it. Because I, good, immigrants good. come to America with capital. You can't come to America if you don't come. I mean, like, yes, there are like migrants that cross the border that don't have capital because they spend all their capital. And in most of the folks who are anyway. coming, and most of the folks who are coming in now are, you know, refugees, and you know, um, amnesty. And many of them are children, and, and children, children don't have capital. But the other immigrants who come in, like the overwhelming majority of but immigrants, but the people who come in through America's official system. Have the money. They got the coins. You have to have the money you have to, to go through America's and system. You pay do. money at That's, every stage. They send, they send their children first to to to, to go and get you know get, get education here. That costs money. That means they already got coins when they when they come. They already got coins, and then the children stay, and then because of their education, they make more coins, it's and they nice. bring the rest of the family. It's like that old saying of 40 acres and a mule. The difference between us and the immigrants is they came with their 40 acres and their mule. That water this is refreshing. This water that she keeps talking about. <laughs> Delicious. Super done. I'm just... But that's the only difference. It's not that we like, oh, black people can't run a business. No, it's that, it's that we never had the capital and the way that you start a business and, 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 and everything that is, you know, essentially financially well-to-do these days started on the backs of your ancestors. Literally. That's for the free. Pay I mean, me the, adjust, the inflation-adjusted value. I mean. Value in property of my ancestors. And, and I will have all the I businesses. Too, I, too, could win. I, too, could be financially great. I, too, could be billionaire, too. I could do it, too. I just, I'm just. I, just I'm, I mean, what what the attempts at anyway. trying to, to provide... <laughs> so what they do this the difference between equality and equity is you get these fine educational institutions who made money and built their school by See. selling off my people. Yep. And then what did they do to the ancestors of those people? They let them come to the, they gave them free admission, not free tuition. Right. That's right. They gave I just kick ant piles. That's all we, I do. I just kick ant piles and walk, walk away. I, if you, if what you do, <laughs> if if you run, if you get yourself some coins, you can, you too can come to Georgetown, right, right. and come on in. Georgetown is just one of the entities. You can come on in, but you first have to get the coins. But you, you, you can come in. That that's not equity, right? Is it even really equality? I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm just saying, I, yeah, I It just. sounds like it is soothing the consciousness of people who are like, oh, this job that I have is because of slaves. See what I'm saying? I just, all I do is kick ampiles and walk away. Like, I knew what I was starting. I knew what I was starting. Yeah, I know, right? I knew, I knew what I asked when I asked it. And I got that good, solid eye roll. And I got that good, solid... And I knew I knew what we were in for. I was ready. Also, also wait for a second. I feel bad because for a second it sounded like I was throwing shade at the migrants who come in without capital. But no. I think that no, like like those, quite frankly, are probably better people and more deserving of being here. A than amen. Anyway. Amen. And amen. They know. Anyway. Awesome. Hey, you're hungry. You're starving. What? What is that list? 
They, they, they have that. So the funny thing is, is that's literally the new Colossus. That poem is literally a poem I was just reading. Oh wow! Today for class, it's wow. it's from it's the new Coloss- new Colossus. Uh, but yes, yeah. Well, that's listen. And listening to the discussion about that poem alone is also a very interesting thing. But we shall we shall leave it at that particular point. Um, any closing remarks, homies? Like I feel like we have like unpacked. I feel like we still got like five or six bags in the corner that we could probably unpack. But you know our vacation is over. You know what I mean? Okay, like okay. I, I feel like it's time for us to repack and leave. Like, I'm gonna throw out, I'm gonna throw out a, a, a bomb and I'm not gonna say nothing else. Okay. <laughs> this so. is ridiculous and I'm gonna be <laughs> mad. But I'm ready. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Jay Z said, I said this earlier. I said this. Jay Z said on 444, he was talking about Beyonce. He said, What's better than one billionaire? Two, especially if they have the same hue as you. I saw a tweet that said there might be more along my lines of thinking. What's better than one billionaire? None, because uh, I'm going to pull out another poem quote Homeless near a thousand homes, I stood and near a thousand tables pined and wanted food. Should we have billionaires when there are people pining and wanting food? Maybe not, even if they are black. Okay, I'm done. Actually, I'm with it. I, like that's enough. Yeah, you could you could go ahead and drop the mic. Mic drop. I don't really feel like we can follow it up with anything. I mean, all right, thanks, goodbye. Like I don't know what to say either. You you really should have held on to that. You did. I'm sorry. That's, no, that's fine. I'm gonna pretend. I mean, I all I was gonna say is this has been a great podcast. But yeah, no, fine. That's cool. Go ahead, drop some knowledge, and then peace out, and leave the rest of us in dust. That's cool. Um, thanks, Chris. Glad you could join us. I wish I remember who gave the tweet because it really came out of a tweet, and I don't really—I'm not that smart. <laughs> Whoever tweeted it is that smart. But it was so refreshing. He, uh, I mean, you can't really follow it up. So. I mean, we just, we just, we just—you know—we just gonna go ahead and close out because I mean, ain't nothing else we can say since he dropping stuff. I mean, whatever. Just you know, is there anything that you want to plug or talk about? I I do look forward to deeper conversations. I want Chris to come back for that one. For for I know which one you for, want. For the one I and want actually, to talk about. And actually, I think he's he's scheduled for that one, Even too. Even better, because I got, I got legit thoughts and feels. But other than that, thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Mm. I really appreciate mm. you, you making water, it out there. You, the delicious water, delicious. yes. We'll get you four glasses of water and mm. have them lined up for you. Uh, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, natural for naturals, um, is a great business for my home girl, Amber Ivy. Uh, she found the need in the market of, to, to supply natural goods as far as hair products, skin products, um, because she, you know, she saw that need, um, and there wasn't being, you know, uh, uh there wasn't enough products catered to her needs and other sisters needs as well. So I want to plug that natural for naturals. You can look her up on Instagram and find out more information there. Is there a link that we could throw in there? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll throw it in there. Yeah, I'll send it. Appreciate it. Spread the joy, yeah. Um, yeah, Tulsa Real Estate Fund. They're doing revolutionary work right now um, as far as I like, got a discussion on money and what it can be put into and the results that come out of that. And also, you know, going back to your point, uh, Chris, about that intentionality of why you're putting money in certain areas. I think they really sort of encapsulate, you know, sort of encompasses that that vision. So that's pretty dope. Um, make sure everyone go out and buy a copy of Echoes of the Struggle and read that. That's by the lovely 
author, writer, free thinker, in the right way, <laughs> Janelle Gray. <laughs> Where, you, where's darling. our clap sound effect? Where's our applause sound effect? It's there is a wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And again, thank, yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Listen, I, again, Jack, AKA the ghost who yes. See what I'm saying? He, he exists. He does. Him. Thank I am, you. I'm looking at him right now. Yes. Because I swear people think I'm crazy. Like, I don't, listen, y'all know me well enough to know I can't do this by myself. I ain't put this together. So, <laughs> appreciate you, Jack. Um, yeah, this is, this has been a really deep, again, thanks to you guys for uh, pulling me out of that fire and uh, coming here to talk <laughs> about a topic that I didn't even come up with. Um, I just showed up and said my name. So and organized um, things and made like lists and made a whole plan for the episode. Like she out here lying. Okay, so I did a thing or two. I'm but a humble brag. Go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's I, okay. I, I appreciate you guys. I am so glad that we got together and we had this conversation. I'm sure this conversation could happen again, but um, and with more information, I'm sure there are a billion things that we could probably talk about, but I appreciate, um, this particular conversation and yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go out and try and change the world. So as always create hope, forge a path, change the world. We will see you next episode. Yes. Closing. Yes. Radio <laughs> voice. Yes.